fire and brimstone, everlasting destruction, outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is not always super subtle whenever it comes to communicating how he feels about something. And maybe that's the point. You know, when it comes to some issues, God is just trying to be as clear as he possibly can. And I don't think it could be more clear. God had a problem with these cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19 verses 24 and 25, they say the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. So it's pretty clear God had a problem with Sodom and Gomorrah. But is it so obvious what that problem was? Well, the Bible, it gives some conflicting or, or we might say less clear answers to that question. And when God does something as drastic as dropping a nuclear bomb out of heaven onto a city, well, I find that to be a little bit weird. And I'd like to know exactly why it's in the Bible. So grab one, turn to Genesis 19, and let's get weird. Welcome to Weird Stuff in the Bible, where we explore scripture passages that are bizarre, perplexing, or just plain weird. This is Luke Taylor, and today we're going to be talking about, well, you know what? Before I get into what I'm going to be talking about, let me just warn you, hide your kids from today's episode, okay? And listen, guys, I'm not going to be talking about anything that wouldn't happen in a Senate hearing chamber in Washington, D.C., but if you're not sure what that list includes, you might want to keep the little ones away from today's episode. And so, um, and I'll mention too, I really wanted to get this episode out last week, and I got a cold. I lost my voice, and I even tried to record it, and as I listened to it back, it just wasn't there. It just was not, it wasn't going to work. So I wanted to, I didn't want to put out something that was just of such a low quality. I I have waited almost a week here, and I'm going to go ahead and try to get this one out. And so hopefully my voice will hold out for the next 20 minutes or so as we get right into this. Okay, so you've been warned, you've been warned about why my voice might be a little shaky this week, why I wasn't here last week, and also heed that warning about your kids, okay? Because we're talking about some um, some grimy stuff today, as you can probably tell from the title of today's episode, all right? Let's look at what was going on in the story where God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 19, God has sent a couple of angels to check out the city of Sodom, and these are just typical angels, okay? They, As you know, they, when they appear in the Bible most of the time, they have the appearance of normal, everyday men. And when they show up, that's that's just how they appear in this story, just like regular guys. And you wouldn't even know they were an angel just by seeing them. Abraham has made some sort of wager with God. Abraham asks God to spare the city if the angels can find at least five righteous people in it. Okay, and then spoilers, they can't. So they go into the house of a man named Lot, and they're in his house, and then this mob shows up. So this happens... In Genesis 19, verses 4 and 5, before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came with you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. I told you to hide the kids, okay? <laughs> so you've been, you had been warned. So these guys are predatory homosexuals, okay? The mere presence of a couple of new guys in the city it makes them all show up outside the house demanding that they be brought out for sexual purposes, okay? Because remember, these these are angels, but they just have the appearance 
of regular men. These sodomites, they don't even know that the angels are angels. And so at a first glance, you could deduce a couple things from this story. It seems that the homosexual population in Sodom must have been pretty high, that they must have had a lot of cultural power. Okay, I mean, if, if you can knock on someone's door and demand in the, you know, like the middle of the night, demand that they present themselves to you for, for sexual purposes, I mean, you could draw quite a few conclusions about all that. Uh, you know, this was obviously a gay-affirming society to an insane degree, if this is what they could expect in their culture. Um, but is that the main reason that God is destroying this city? You know, God is going to wipe out everybody, every last man, woman, boy and girl, if there are any women there, I guess we don't know. Well, we know that there's at least uh, lots of daughters, but I mean, I, <laughs> um, God is going to wipe out every single person in this city, totally wipe them off the face of the map. Is this the reason why? You know, I mean, it, hey, if this is all that we had to go off of, then we might conclude, yes, okay, that this is the reason. But then the book of Ezekiel comes along and this throws a wrench into things. So Ezekiel 19, or 16, verses 49 and 50, okay, this is the end of chapter 16, and it says this, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. So they were haughty and did an abomination before me. So I removed them when I saw it. So it's giving a list of Sodom's sins right there. Homosexual activity is not explicitly mentioned. And that's, that's kind of weird, right? I mean, for many of us, that's the first thing that we think of whenever we hear the word Sodom. You think of sodomy. And, and many of those in the liberal Christian movement, they love this chapter. They say these verses mean that God was not upset with Sodom and Gomorrah over its rampant homosexuality. You'll hear these people, they're, they're called progressive Christians. They have ways of taking every single passage in the Bible that talks about homosexuality being sinful and they always find some way to nullify it. And what about Ezekiel 16? I mean, does it nullify the claim that Sodom was wicked because of its homosexual activity? Could we use Ezekiel 16 to contradict our traditional understanding of what the sin of Sodom is? Well, I would say this. If Ezekiel 16 was the only passage in the entire Bible that described the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, then I'd say, sure, we could, we could pretty easily filter everything that we know about Sodom and Gomorrah through that lens. And if that were the case, we could probably conclude that Sodom's homosexual citizens, that that really didn't have anything to do with why God destroyed them, or it would severely weaken that case if we were just looking at it through an Ezekiel 16 lens. But it turns out that Ezekiel 16, that is not the only chapter of the Bible that references Sodom. Sodom is mentioned actually quite a bit in scripture. So-called progressive Christians that kind of just want to focus on Ezekiel 16, like that that's all that matters when we talk about the sins of Sodom. But listen, guys, if we're going to be intellectually consistent, what we need to do is look at all of the chapters. Okay, not just pick the one that doesn't mention homosexuality specifically and decide like that is the one that we need to look at to tell us what we need to think about Sodom. And so now we continue in our journey of the book of Jude. And that's what we've been slowly, very slowly, making our way through on this podcast. I say slowly because that's really the only way that I know how to study the Bible. You just, you go slow and you dig in. And so let's talk about Jude here. What does the book of Jude say about the sin of Sodom? Well, Jude 7, it tells us, 
just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So Jude 7 says that they pursued unnatural desire and it called their sin right there, sexual immorality. Now, their sin being called sexual immorality, like that should be the final nail in the coffin here, okay? Yes, Sodom might have had other things going on. It, its sins might have included these other things mentioned in Ezekiel 16, but homosexuality, that is what was depicted in the historical account, and sexual immorality was the reason that Jude cited right here as to why they are currently, currently burning in hell. Now, you know, if you still want to go off in search of a loophole, some will point out the clause right here about the unnatural desire. They say the sexual immorality, it wasn't the fact that they were seeking sexual relations with people of the same gender, but it was that they were seeking sexual relations with angelic beings. Because seeking a sexual relationship with angels, that would be the unnatural desire. But as I said before, I tried to make this clear. They had no way of knowing. They had no idea that the angels were angels because the angels had the appearance of men. And so they just thought that the men were regular people. And Jude is saying that by pursuing male plus male sexual relationships, they were pursuing something that was not natural. So what was the real reason that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, listen, guys, I, I know it's not politically correct to say this nowadays. All right. I know this is not what a lot of the false teachers the heretics over on Twitter are going to tell you, but God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of its rampant homosexuality. It was surely not because of like a one-time event that happened in Genesis 19. This was the culture of those cities. They accepted and celebrated and even endorsed homosexual activity. And it got to such an insane degree. They were literally demanding that they could just pull people out of their houses so that they could molest them. And so there you go. That, that, that right there is the real reason that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And I have a little bit more to say on that. Um, I, I'm going to say, like, I'm a little over 10 minutes into this podcast here. My voice is not holding out as well as I thought it would. So I, if you're still with me, um, hey, bless you for that. I'm glad you're here. Next time on this podcast, I, okay, listen, I literally intended to put this out a few days after Christmas. And so, um, but as, I've already gone over why I didn't. And so next time, I, what I plan to at this point, was what I really wanted to be into by now was doing kind of an expose on Satan, on, on uh, the devil. And so, you know, I don't know what your New Year's resolution is. Mine is to expose Satan. And so between my two podcasts, which are cross-references and weird stuff in the Bible, the one that you're listening to now, I'm going to be doing just that. We're going to be covering Ezekiel 28 on cross-references. And here on this one, we're going to be looking at Jude verses 8 through 10. These are all about the devil. So, hey, make sure you're subscribed so you can get it. And by the way, what weird stuff in the Bible do you want to know more about? Send an email to weirdstuffinthebible at gmail.com. I, I might read your message right here. I've got a mailbag today. And this is, uh, th I guess it's anonymous here, but it's, uh, it says, Egyptian history extends way back before the flood of Noah. And then afterwards, the culture continued and survived the time of the flood. So it's very plausible that the giants survived that time. I have the flood occurring at 2,456 BC. The Egyptian record has the earliest pharaoh known of at about 3,200 BC. So um, th this is coming from some the basically the month of December. I did a series of episodes about the Nephilim. 
And um, you can listen to those four if that's a subject that interests you. And so one of the things I mentioned, some people theorize that Nephilim survived the flood and that this was how there were Nephilim after the flood. I don't believe that. My main issue with that theory is Genesis 7, verse 21, where it says that, uh, and all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. And so based on that verse, I don't believe that any Nephilim survived the flood. And so that's why in the past couple of episodes, I've been distinguishing between the phase one Nephilim and the phase two Nephilim. My belief is that the sons of God, that they came down and they tried that same thing again, at least one more time after the flood. And so that was the second wave of Nephilim. And those were known as the Anakim and the Rephaim. And so again, if you want more information on that, you can go back to my December episodes here on Weird Stuff in the Bible. So as we close, let's go back to this question about what's Ezekiel all about, Ezekiel 16. Why did it not mention the homosexuality of Sodom and Gomorrah when it's talking about the sin of Sodom? And so I'll, I mean, I'll admit that's a little bit weird that he or, I mean, it's really God, God speaking in this book, but um, it's weird that that is not brought up as one of their sins. And so here's my responses to that. I mean, number one, I do kind of think that the homosexual act is alluded to. In Ezekiel 16, it's where God said, they were haughty and did an abomination before me. And I think that that word abomination, that's a reference to their homosexual sin. And why do I say that? Well, because homosexual behavior is said to be an abomination in numerous times, I think, in scripture, but one of them that sticks out is Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And so, you know, I know lots of things can be an abomination in the Old Testament law. And so that's not an open and shut case. But um, but like I said, I think homosexuality fits into that statement that we find in Ezekiel 16. But why was it not a little bit more explicit? Why did God not mention homosexuality specifically right here? Well, maybe because in Ezekiel 16, what God is doing is comparing Sodom with Jerusalem. And perhaps ancient Jerusalem at that time, you know, it had a lot of problems, but maybe that was just not a problem for them. Maybe they didn't have a, an issue with homosexual activity. And God is telling them, listen, guys, that, that doesn't make you better than Sodom. You know, you're still as prideful as Sodom was. You're neglecting the poor as badly as Sodom did. So, you know, don't pat yourself on the back just because you don't have gay rapists in your town because you got a lot of other problems, too. You're really just as bad as Sodom. And so I, I think if that's what's going on, then it makes perfect sense why God is leaving homosexuality out right there. And uh, and maybe you're wondering why I didn't leave homosexuality out of this podcast. Like, why am I dropping this in here now? You know, hey, it's a, we just had Christmas, you know, we're all celebrating New Year's. Why, why are we focusing on an issue like this right now? This is not what people want to hear about and talk about right now. And, you know, I agree. I don't really want to be discussing all this stuff. But here's a couple of reasons that I did talk about it today. Okay, for one thing, well, for one thing, the main thing, I mean, we're studying the book of Jude on this podcast because Jude is a weird book of the Bible, and this is what came up next in Jude. This, this book of Jude is a book about apostasy, things that draw people away from Christianity, things that cause people to reject God and reject the Bible. And one of those things that Jude says is sexual immorality. Let me read it again. Jude 7, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued a natural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. And so verses 5, 6, and 7, those are 
some of Jude's, what I call his triplets, that's one of his triplets right there, is describing three things that cause people to fall away from God. And I talked about two of them two episodes ago. And now here's the third one. The first two, they were fear. The second one was, was rebellion. And then the third one right here is sexual immorality. Second Thessalonians tells us that before Christ comes back, there is going to be a great falling away from the church, a great apostasy. And I mean, if you look at the statistics, people are leaving the church today in droves. And, and what is causing it? Well, in America, a few things here. It's taking greater courage day by day to stand for Christ. I mean, there's a greater pressure than ever to capitulate on Christian values. And so, yeah, I think fear is a factor right there. I mean, we saw a lot of people fall away about a decade ago. They couldn't stand the name calling, being called a bigot, being called a, a hater, intolerant. Some, some so-called Christians, they just couldn't handle that. And they fell away right then. And, and to, to, even till today, there's a greater and greater pressure on Christians to uh, compromise. So yes, fear has been a factor. There's been a rebellion against Christian values. There's been an embracing of sexual immorality. Many churches out there are even calling themselves gay-affirming. And again, I don't want to talk about all this today, but here I am the week after Christmas, you know, or whenever you listen to this, uh, here I am doing it. And the reason is because, first of all, like I said, Jude brings it up. But beyond that fact, let's also just talk about what's been going on in our society just right here lately. You know, as, as I alluded to earlier, in the Senate hearing room in Washington, D.C., like at the U.S. Capitol, a Democratic staffer was caught filming a pornographic movie. I don't know how he didn't expect to get caught because, you know, he was going to upload this video to one of those pornographic websites. But, you know, so he did get caught. And it's just, it's mind-blowing, guys. Our own Senate was used to film gay porn. There's a, a, a second thing. There's a children's show called Coco Melon. And this, they had a new episode just come out that had a little boy wearing a dress and he was dancing for his two gay dads. That's a kid's show for little kids, for two-year-olds. And this is what they're showing them. This is what they're trying to normalize in, in even going down to toddlers. Uh, again, uh, another thing, the Pope, he gave his okay for Catholic priests to, to bless people who are in gay unions. Another thing, a school board member was just elected in Virginia and he was sworn in by placing his hand, I am not kidding you, placing his hand on a stack of gay pornography. And this, the, these books that he's put his hand on, they were cartoon drawings featuring children and teenagers. Most of the time, you know, most of the time when people swear they get sworn into office, they put their hand on a Bible. That's been, been kind of the American tradition. Even if someone's not really a Christian, they put their hand on the Bible. And, you know, they do this for a few reasons. You know, it's, it, one is to show the gravity of their oath. And also, they're saying, those, this book, the Bible, this is what I'm basing my life on. I'm going to live in accordance with this book. But that's not what this school board member was saying. He's saying, the Bible is not good enough for me. My life standard is gay pornography. And that's what he put his hand on to be sworn in. And all of these stories happened in like the span of a week. It was like the week before Christmas. Just in, within a few days, all this stuff happened. Our American culture is very depraved sick, and wicked. Some question, you know, whether America is as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. Personally, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, Sodom was apparently yanking people out of their houses to rape them. I don't think that's even going on in San Francisco. 
So I don't know, guys. Uh, but, but people these days, they do not want to hear about a book that says homosexuality is evil. And, and they question us. They say, why would you even get, you know, this is what they'll say. Why would you get your morality from a book that was written thousands of years ago in the desert? You know, they'll ask that question to Christians as if truth has an expiration date. They will mock our trust in the Bible while they go and get sworn into, into office on a stack of pornography. And they think it's weird that God cares who people have sex with. They think it's weird if you believe the morals of a book that was written in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. And they think you're weird if you take God's word as truth. But if that makes Christians weird, then I hope that you're a little bit more weird today too. Hey, thanks for listening. God bless you for sticking around till the end. And we'll see you next time.